Welcome to WDW for Families, the original family-friendly trip planning podcast, helping you plan your Disney vacation for over five years. Okay, welcome to WDW for Families, and tonight we have a galactic podcast for you as we dive into the world of Star Wars, which I know a lot of you are excited about. Ever since the rise of Harry Potter World at Universal Studios, uh, Disney has been looking for a property that can capture the imagination of modern and young fans, and they have found it in Star Wars. And this is a huge deal that all of you know about. I don't even know why I'm introducing it. So uh, we all grew up with Star Wars and it, um, we are different level of Star Wars fans. As we all know, Randy Whitman is not a Star Wars guy, uh, but uh, I would suspect some of us like Star Wars. I wouldn't consider myself a huge Star Wars guy, but I was in first grade when it came out and I had all the toys because it was, it was all the rage and saw it at the theater many, many times. Uh, Randy's going to join us here in a second, but we're joined by over in North Carolina. Mark. <laughs> yes, Mark is here. And up north is? Charity. Yep, Charity. And I guess technically up north too, but only like 30 minutes north, who is Stephanie? Hey, friends. And joining us. Yes, finally back to the party is our friend. Also from Middle Tennessee, Randy, how are you tonight? Happy Star Wars Day to everybody. Yeah, it is. We are recording this actually on Star Wars Day, and we are going to give you as much information about you if you are planning a Star Wars trip to help you with your vacation. Uh, so what we're going to do, I'll just kind of lay this out for you, is we're going to talk about the rides that are currently there, the attractions that are currently there. Uh, we're going to talk about the shopping, the future attractions. We're going to talk about the things like Olga's and Savi's and the things you may not know about that you probably need to know about before you actually take that vacation down to Orlando and delve into the world of Disney Star Wars. Who's your favorite character? Who is your favorite Star Wars character? That's what I'm going to start with. I just thought of that from, from everything Star Wars, from... The new episodes, the old ones, the prequels, the Mandalorian, anything, any cartoons. Who's your favorite Star Wars character? We're going to start with Charity because I'm pretty sure Charity's going to have her answer. I do. I am. I'm in love with little baby Yoda. He's the <laughs> cutest thing. Okay, now he he um he did usurp the long-standing favorite, which was the Ewok. Uh, though I don't feel I went too far, <laughs> um, yeah. but Baby Yoda's just so cute, little his little Grogu. So, so yeah, he's my favorite. Did Did you watch the Ewoks cartoon when you were a kid, Charity? <laughs> I've I've definitely seen the Ewoks cartoons. Yeah. Okay. All right, uh, Stephanie. Who is your favorite Star Wars character? Okay, so first I have to preface this by saying. Um, that today on Facebook, I saw a picture that joined two of my loves, the first of which was Chewie. So he's my favorite character. And he was hugging Steven Tyler. And I nearly had a conniption. I was like, are you kidding me? And 
<clears throat> apparently Steven Tyler had posted the picture. So I was dying. But um, yeah, two of my favorites, Dewey that's and like, Steven Tyler. That's awesome. It's like the old uh, Reese's uh peanut butter cup commercials where the chocolate and peanut butter accidentally got stuck together. Chewbacca and yes. Steven Tyler. All right, Mark. I'm a, as a man of few words, I'm going to have to go with Chewbacca. He's, he's, he's my height. If I am ever a character at Disney, that's about the only one I could portray. And uh, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with uh, the man of few words, Chewbacca. All right, Randy. We know you're not a Star Wars guy, but who is your favorite Star Wars character? I saw a movie with uh, Han Solo in it one time, and I thought he was uh, he was good. Good, nice. I am going with Boba Fett. Uh, he's always been my favorite character. I was the kid that collected the the back of the packages to send in to get Boba Fett when I was a kid and got him in the mail. That was a big deal to me. All right. So I have loved this latest Mandalorian season. I hope that wasn't a spoiler alert for anybody. All right. So first of all, let's talk about what currently is there. Let's give just a, you know, just a, just an overview at the very beginning. When they built Disney Hollywood Studios, one of the original attractions to Hollywood Studios was the Star Tours attraction. So there is already one attraction there, uh, which is basically... You know, if you don't know about it, it's, a, you know, it's a sit down uh, movie type ride where the cabin shakes and you're on a special mission. And we don't we won't talk too much about it. It's one of the older attractions at VHS. But as they decided to build this new edition of Star Wars Land, it kind of got locked out in its own little area separate from the rest. So there is one attraction there called Star Tours. But what are the other attractions that you would find there that are Star Wars based, if just in case you didn't know. Stephanie, what are the other attractions there in the Black Spire Outpost, which is what it's known as? Um, so you have your, your big time attractions, biggest one being Rise of the Resistance. It's all the new hotness. Um, it is the ride that everybody wants to be on right now. So, and that, I don't want to give any real spoilers about it. Um, I myself, I tried to stay away from any videos of the ride just because I like to experience it for myself. Um, so that's the big one. Um, you know, you've got uh, Smuggler's Run also, which, of course, I mean, is is the pinnacle when you walk up and you can see the Millennium Falcon. Um, you know, it kind of I feel like the centerpiece of the entire Galaxy's Edge. So those are your big ticket items um, for sure. But there are a lot of little fun little extras too. Charity, you want to talk about some of those? Yeah, so um, I love some of the other areas. Um, like you can go into Doc Ongar's Den of Antiquities. And in the same way that... Um, you know, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter has these different experiences where you don't have to be in the ride necessarily to get to experience animatronics and the full, you know, full interactive experience. Um, in the same way, Disney has put that into this whole Galaxy's Edge. So, for example, Doc Ongar, um, you can go in there and 
you know, there's an animatronic of Doc. There's a baby Sarlock pit, which is just the cutest thing in the world. And it moves and it has a whole storyline behind it. Like everything there has a storyline behind it and is something you can experience. Um, there are, you know, there are tons of those little interactive things around the the whole area. So you can, you know, if you go to the water fountain, um, you know, I, I know we're not super up on spoilers, but just because you may not see it, um, if you go up towards the water fountains, there kind of is a creature uh, that'll show up in, you know, in the water fountains occasionally. And there are just some great experiences there that are that are extra little things that are, you know, these animatronics. When you go into the restaurants, you'll see the things are moving and interacting. And um, yeah, it's just a lot to, to take in. Really, what they have done is they have gone over the top in order to make it a interact, interactive, totally immersive experience for a Star Wars fan. And you can walk into that area and feel like you're basically on the movie set and you'll, you'll pass vehicles and you'll pass um, almost like large set pieces and the characters will come out and interact. And you'll, you can see Ray, you can see Chewbacca, you can see uh, Kylo Ren, and they will walk around. Uh, First Order soldiers will walk around and interact with you. And it is uh, really neat. And they've got just several places for you to interact with characters from Star Wars and of course, let's just just real briefly talk about the big two rides there and just kind of some strategies. First of all, Rise of the Resistance, because Rise of the Resistance, you're going to need to know what you are doing before you go try to just get in line, because you can't do that. And so if you're going to uh, Disney for the first time to experience Star Wars, we need to let you in on how you do Rise of the Resistance. And so Stephanie is going to help us with that. Go ahead, Stephanie. Okay, so so the way that you will book it is through your My Disney Experience app. Um, and, you know, there's all kinds of strategies out there. If you really delve into, um, you know, the depths of, of all of it, everybody has their own theories. But essentially, what, what you'll do, and you need to be prepared. So right now, the window, the first window opens at 7 a.m. And the nice thing is right now, you don't have to be inside the park. Previously, you had to be inside the park in order to get that first um, boarding group. So now you can do it from your Disney hotel, or um, if you're, of course, staying offsite, you can do it from there as well. I've even had people do it from home sometimes, uh, or from the airport if they're flying in. Um, but basically, you wanna have your app up, uh, you want to get rid of any extra screens. Um, there's a lot of theories out there as to if you want to be on Disney's Wi-Fi or off. I tend to tell people not to be on it. Um, you know, if you are in a Disney hotel and you don't have good Wi-Fi um, and you're able, you have a balcony, I would say if you can step out on your balcony or if you can go to a different section of the resort where you have good Wi-Fi, um, that's definitely a good idea. I think you want to go where the internet is strongest, no matter where you are. Like if you're at a Disney hotel 
go to the front desk if you can. When we were at Fort Wilderness, we actually drove up to the front area from our cabin. Go yeah, ahead, Stephanie. Yeah. Just no, that's, that's actually great. Yeah, so you want to be, you want to have the best chance possible. You want to have great Wi-Fi. Um, you know, they say have the person in your party who has the most up-to-date phone, but really and truly, um, more than one person in your party can try to get the boarding pass. But what works well is to have one person kind of watching the clock and have somebody else ready to punch the buttons. So you want to be ready really before you get to before you get to like 659 and you're counting down. So have somebody count down and then really you're going to have your screen. You're going to want to refresh your screen as much as you can. And then as soon as the button pops up that says join from that My Disney experience, you'll hit it. You'll select your party, which typically I've seen it already selects your party. And then you hit join as quick as you can. I mean, you cannot hesitate um, or, uh, you know, you'll miss it. So that's just a quick summary. Of course, you know, you can go into the Google it and find all sorts of theories. Um, you know, the great thing, too, about it is if you don't get that first boarding group is that you can try again. So what I tell people is if you miss the first one, go ahead and set an alarm in your phone. Uh, the second one is at 1 p.m. And, you know, set your alarm for 1255 because if you're in the park and you're busy and you're writing things, you'll forget. So if you have that alarm, it'll kind of remind you, okay, I need to find a spot in the park that has decent Wi-Fi. I can tell you where that is. The tell best us. I've been told by many Disney employees that the best place is right outside of where the old Disney Playhouse show was because that's where the offices are located for DHS. So, uh, and we, last time we were there, at one o'clock, even with Mark with an archaic phone, he got in because we had really strong internet there. Randy, I think you've got a point that you were trying yeah, to Well, make. I just wanted to underline a couple of great things that Stephanie already said, which is in our family, we have one login to My Disney Experience. And so we all share that same login. All of us can get on. We're all, when it comes time, we're all pushing the buttons as fast as we can. And it's a race within our family to see who can be the one who got the, got the reservations. Um, but I also wanted to say that, you know, despite doing that, all four of us right on time, pushing the button last time, we still didn't get it. So, you know, it, it is that high demand plan on plan on that. Uh, you might consider, you know, two of your day, you know, two of your trips reservations being at Hollywood studios so that you get a chance in the morning and the afternoon on two different days that's four different chances. I would say if you do that and you're on it and you've got the Wi-Fi, I think your odds of getting in on one or two of those four opportunities is, is pretty good. I think you've got a good chance of getting in. And I would say also, Randy, like sometimes I've heard people say that if all four or five people in their family try, that sometimes they kick each other off. Have you heard that, Stephanie? I, when, when we did it, we all like we went, um, we just went Brock battle, Amanda, Brock battle, Amanda. We would take turns pushing, refreshing. Have you heard of people being kicked off? 
Yes. So what I've noticed is when I've tried it and I've had multiple people with me is that usually typically if one person gets it, it just bumps the other people out. And it'll, of course, if one person in your party gets it, it'll pop up and say something about you already have this experience. Um, I don't know the exact wording. Um, But yeah, I mean, I think it does kind of bump everybody else out once somebody gets it. We we actually got bumped totally out once at when we, last time we were at Boardwalk. Amanda and I were both trying, and she got it, and I got it, and then all of a sudden we neither of us got it. We couldn't mm-hmm. go any further. Um, anyways, I don't know that I know the total mechanics of it, but uh, it it is fun to try to get it. <laughs> I, I would say that there are it's, it's certainly. A, a group of our listeners who that's the only reason they downloaded this podcast was to find that information. It is, it is high demand information. And yeah. And I'll say another secret that I learned and, and I've tried to get on it, I think seven times and I've been successful six. The only time I wasn't successful was when I tried to get it in it at my hotel and I didn't, I didn't go near strong internet, but uh, I always turn my phone completely off. Um, and I don't, I don't know what that does, but I've read on several forums that turning your phone off completely clears something out. And so I've, I've done that every time and we've gotten as low as like boarding group number four. So I've, I've had really good success with that. So turning my phone off five minutes, uh, before seven o'clock, turning it on at one minute till, and then not pushing anything until a few seconds before and then turning it on and then doing what Stephanie does, refresh, refresh, refresh. So Stephanie, I, what, it's funny because the first time we went down there to get on the ride, I called Stephanie and I was a nervous wreck the <laughs> night before. Do you remember that? <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I had to like talk you through it, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so anyone else want to type uh, chime in on Rise of the Resistance? Yeah, just that um, when we talk about refresh, um, you can swipe down. Yeah, um, is a is a little trick you can do on your phone. I'm I know uh, when I figured that one out, it was a eureka moment. Go ahead, Stephanie. Uh, yeah. So one other quick thing um, that I wanted to say, um, if on the off chance that like let's say you have a party of five and only two of you get it. Um, which does sometimes happen. What you do is if that situation happens, go to guest services um, because typically they can, you can show them and say, Hey, only two of us got it. They will match it up and get the rest of your party with you. So don't feel like, Oh shoot. Only, only two of us get to go. We'll have to battle it out. Lightsaber battle. Um, (laughs) But um, just know that you can go and and have them fix that. All right. Well, we have talked quite a bit about getting on Rise of the Resistance. Now, let's talk about the other big attraction there at Black Spire Outpost, which is Smuggler's Run. Randy, anything you want to tell our listeners about Smuggler's Run? Anything they need to know? I mean, just in general about the ride, uh, the the queue is is fun. Uh, when the line is long, which is pretty much always, uh, you get to wrap around the Millennium Falcon, which is fun. You get a pretty close view of it while you're in line. Um, you know, you're in the workshop when you go in 
through the queue. That's fun. There's some neat animatronics there as well. So it's a, it's a good queue once you get on the ride. What I like about it, in fact, there's a few rides at Disney that have this interactiveness to it where you get to kind of determine how the ride goes. Like I think about Space Ranger Spin. I think about the Toy Story Mania where you have a score. And this has some of that element because uh, you get to be one of three different positions, the pilot, the gunner, or the engineer. And uh, when you get on the ride through your journey, those roles actually play a difference in the, in the ride, as opposed to mission space where they want you to push buttons, but it doesn't really do anything. Um, this, it does actually do something and it does change your ride experience. And because of that, it, it did make me, as soon as I got off the ride, I wanted to ride it again because I wanted to try a different role. I wanted to, to shoot more stuff next time. I wanted to fly better as a pilot. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to improve my skills. Uh, it is not easy. Uh, it is not easy to get a perfect score or to, or to do really well. It does take some, some, some experience. So that's what I do like about the ride is that it kind of pulls you in in that way and makes you want to re-ride it. So overall, I think it's a, I think it's a good ride. It's not, you know, it's not uh, what the other one is. It's not, it's not as cool. It's not the coolest ride in the park, but um, I do think it's a neat ride. Randy, I, I had to chuckle a little bit there when you said, uh, you know, it's it's not easy to get a perfect score. I think for us, it was not easy just to, you know, land without being a complete pile of junk. <laughs> Yes. That's, that's what happens when you uh, when you are riding this ride with small children. It is an entirely different experience. <laughs> yes, and in a way, it it's even a little more spacious. It, once you get in the capsule, once you get in the spaceship, it's not everybody crammed in there. It's a small uh, but spacious module for six people, and uh, it's a little a little intimate in that way. Well, I, I do Brilliant. want us. Oh, go ahead, Mark. I was just going to say, um, Randy, talk about, you know, you got off and you wanted the ride again. And I think, um, Todd, you know about some of these or uh, two, I believe. But there are also some um, codes or hacks you can do um, to add to the experience. <laughs> I want to make an age reference here. Sort of like Contra, where you can put codes in and get different things <laughs> unlocked. There's that next level to this ride where there's codes you can put in to open up different, different special things. Um, I've never done one. Um, I don't know any of the details. I don't know if anyone else on our, on our panel does, um, but I have heard about them. And I, I think that's just great storytelling, that next level storytelling. When you think you've rode the ride, you think you've got it figured out. Oh, wait, there's one more level. There's one more uh, thing you have to accomplish. We have tried Chewbacca mode. I think we've tried it four times. We have never been able to do it fast enough because you've got to type in a code before the CM uh, pushes a button. And every time our CM has pushed the button before we could do it. And uh, because we, we always forget and we're always like, Oh yeah, we got to do this real fast. And then it's too late. But uh, there is a mode where it's Chewbacca talking to you throughout the ride instead of uh, the, the other character that generally talks to you. And I know there's other acts too. So anyone have anything to add about smugglers? 
There was single rider line pre-COVID, probably hopefully going to come back post-COVID. Um, that's a good option. You need to go see the actual queue at least one time, but the uh, the single rider line, you can move through a little bit quicker at times. Just don't plan on being the pilot. Yeah, that's what I was going to warn you about. If you are a single rider, you've got zero chance of being the pilot. So anyways, all right. So we talked about the two big attractions here in in Black Spire Outpost. We have not talked about another attraction, though. Charity mentioned it briefly. There is some shopping there that is pretty interactive. Anything you want to add to that, uh, Charity? Yeah, so, um, I mean, there's tons of shopping available. And each of the shopping areas, it's not just your typical, hey, I'm going to go up and see some merchandise. Um, each of the different shopping areas is really a fully immersive experience where you can you can get different merchandise at each of the different locations. So w- when you walk up to one of the carts, you have to be aware of, oh, are we, um, you know, are we in the rebel held area or are we in imperial held area as far as you know what merchandise you're looking for what you're going to be able to get uh you can't get you know for example some of the figures you can't get them in one section versus another there are there are some really detailed experiences and you know items that you can see and for example there's that there's the market area and there they have uh they have the toy maker and they have the creature stall. Um, in there, you know, they'll have more animatronics. They have animals that are look like they're breathing and that they're alive. Um, they have their own shoulder sitters. Um, in the toy shop, they have a bunch of just great items that you can't find anywhere else. You know, these are things that they're not available outside of these small shops in galaxy's edge i don't, I don't know does, is anybody else like just spending hours in the shopping areas or is it just me well no we do and i i've been i've been all i've almost bought that star wars chess game that they have in the millennium falcon about 20 times i've just never i've never done it i just thought it looks cool hey you know what's really awesome and something that our our listeners need to know about are two things one is Savi's workshop and the other is Droid Depot. How many of you guys have done one or another of those experiences? Let me, I'm looking around. No, nobody's done any of them. Stephanie, surely you have done one of those. I have booked them for a lot of clients, um, but I have not yet uh, done it. But, and the reason is because now y'all are going to flip a lid on this. The reason is I've been to Galaxy's Edge four or five times and my family hasn't been yet at all. So, um, of course, you know, we, of course, we were scheduled to go to Disneyland last summer and that did not happen. So, you know, yeah, they're, they're overdue. So all that is to say, once I can get my people there, I think we'll do uh, one or the other. I personally kind of like the droids. I think it's neat. I mean, but I know uh, most people want to do the lightsabers. All right. So we've done both. 
because, you know, dad of three boys, Stephanie has booked them for us. Stephanie, why don't you walk us through, first of all, how urgent is the is the need to go ahead and book those experiences? Yes. So um, typically the window for those opens up 60 days before uh, your check-in date. And just like the dining reservations open um, and, and really it's, it's pretty important to go ahead and do those on that date when you can, um, just because uh, you don't want to miss out on your opportunity. Um, sometimes you can find them last minute, but um, it's just so much better to go ahead and plan for what you want to do. And, and again, if you have multiple kids that want to do it, um, you know, you need to get more than one reservation. Because you can't just make one reservation and have your three kids build a droid. So you have to have a reservation for each person that wants to do the activity. And now, then, I will say that they can bring a guest in. So right, if mom and dad want to go with the kids, then every kid can bring one guest in. And right. the other thing I'll say is they are pretty flexible once you're there. Like we were down there and we had made a reservation and we we're like, well, we can't go this day. And they, they were pretty flexible with moving it around for us. Go ahead, Stephanie. Yeah. So I just wanted to also just to mention um, right now. So the price has slightly gone up for building lightsabers. So it's, I believe it's now one twenty nine. Is that correct? Charity. I thought it was two twenty nine for the lightsabers and oh, one hundred for the droids. Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm off on my numbers. Anyway, uh, you know, you need to know that, yes, it is an investment. The other thing that you do need to bear in mind is that right now um, with our current situation, um, you're not able to take the things you buy and have them sent to the front of the park or, you know, previously you could have them sent to your hotel room. That's not an option. So bear that in mind as you plan your day. If you don't want to carry a giant lightsaber with you, plan accordingly. Um, maybe maybe you try to get a reservation for later in the day, or maybe you try to get a reservation for a time when you can go back to your hotel and then return. Um, just, well, just something I'll, to think about. I'll add to that as regards to, they won't send it to the front of the park or your hotel, but they will still ship it home. So maybe you don't want to do that with your droid, but we did, we've done that several times, even with like stuff that we normally would have just sent back to the room or the hotel. But, you know, it's with an extra $7 or an extra $11. But for us not to carry it around all day, these multiple things we bought, we just went ahead and mailed it all the way home. Didn't even have to bring it home. And so that worked really well for us. And I will add also, I'll just ask this question, Stephanie. I had some friends who had this experience and tell me if this sounds right to you. They booked their two days at Hollywood studios. And the first day they got on rise of resistance. They did everything they wanted to do. And then on the second day, they just were a little more relaxed and uh, they decided that three of the kids wanted to do the droid and one wanted to do the lightsaber. They had no reservations. Uh, the droids, they could get a scheduled day of. The lightsaber, they could not, but they did get on a waiting list. And they waited, you know, they roamed around the park for five hours. And he did get called right before they went back to go swimming. Is that is that realistic? Is that 
is that can that happen now or was that just a a one-off that happened with us randy that happened with us we we tried to move it around and we got on a waiting list and we got in stephanie you want to add to that oh no you you answered it good job (laughs) well i let me just say this about carrying a lightsaber in the park for a 15 year old boy there is nothing cooler than walking around Disney World with a lightsaber. They're not sending that to the front of the desk. And then also the droids interact with stuff that happens in the park. So you definitely want your droid with you while you're walking around Disney World. We've done both. And that's ridiculous. I wish you hadn't told me how much I paid for those experiences. But Brock and Battle both saved up all year long for those lightsabers. And that was kind of our, you know, Stephanie, I remember this when we were talking to her about that trip that year, that was the whole point of us going. And we kept putting off our trip until the lightsaber place opened back up. Uh, We love both experiences. Um, the, The lightsaber experience is very similar to the Harry Potter experience with choosing your wand. Very, very similar. And uh, the boys, you know, that you pick your handle of the lightsaber, you pick the color of your lightsaber, and you can buy extra gems that change the color of your lightsaber. And uh, the and the droids, the same deal. Like, man, it, they were just really awesome experiences both times. Charity, do you want to add something there? Um, yeah. So, um, so it's the the hilt and the kyber crystals is what you're talking about. The, yeah. the handle and the gems. Yeah. Um, <laughs> don't don't want to lose all of our Star Wars cred here. But that, that uh, might have just saved us. That might have just saved us yeah. a couple comments. <laughs> the um, yeah. So the the droid. There is a whole little droid kind of doggy park, except for for droids. And um, so you can put your you know droids on the ground in this interactive area and have them. Um, interact with cast members and with other droids, and that's really fun. Um, but about carrying them around, I wanted to mention that, you know, the cost of your lightsaber does include um, that carrying case. The droid, um, when you build that, it does, it kind of comes in a Build-A-Bear kind of box. Um, if you've been, you know, through the mall and seen the Build-A-Bear boxes, they're those really large cardboard nice decorative but cardboard boxes and um, they do sell um like carrying bags kind of like well kind of like a baby carrier that you can put your droid in um just know that you know that's an extra cost so you do have your carrier case that comes with the lightsaber but uh, for the droid if you want the carrier case then um you'd have to purchase that one separately Okay, so here's here's another one of those secret little things that they've added into this park is that if you buy, um, I need to call my son in here for me to get this right. I think it's one out of every 100 of a certain color kyber crystal and you can get a dark saber. That would be like the ultimate thing. I even tried to pull some strings to get one of those and they're like, nobody can do it. Nobody knows how to do it. And so uh, I just that's one of those extra little things that they've done and they've totally killed it with this. I mean, they have done it right. Disney has done it right. And, you know, I know how much you love your Muppets, Charity. I don't know if I should finish this sentence because I don't want you to fly down here and kill me tomorrow. Um, They really need to expand Star Wars land all the way up to Star Tours. And 
I know. I'm sorry. <sighs> I know. I know. <laughs> well, you know what? If um if if they decided to just you know turn the American Adventure into a Muppet Pavilion, then I I mean I'd be game for that. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, let's get back on track here, and we can talk about Olga's, which we need to do. Does has anybody eaten at Olga's? We've eaten there. Anyone else? Stephanie, surely you have. Oh yeah. So the thing to note about Olga's Cantina is that it's not there's not food. I mean, when you book it, you book it like a dining reservation, but uh, you know, you go for the neat Star Wars drinks. Um, they have alcoholic and non-alcoholic, um, and there are a few little munchy things um i didn't choose to have those um charity do you want to speak to that yeah i was gonna say um we we have had uh have some of those munchy things um we actually went for we've gone for breakfast time and then we've also gone later in the day um at breakfast time they do have a pretty good cinnamon roll it's got a bit of a kick to it but um but yeah i mean if if you just want a, a snack that's pretty good um they're you know, their veggie chip snack things later in the day, maybe that you could probably skip unless you really want to eat something. But the cinnamon rolls in the morning are really good. And the say, if, but if we're, you know, just to make sure our, our listeners know, Olga's is basically the cantina there at, at in Star Wars land. And it's it's really something to see. It's almost like another attraction. And so that that's why we're talking about it. The best way, you know, for me personally, the um, the best time to go is it's Olga's, not Olga's. I keep saying Olga's. Don't I? The best time to go is the morning because you can get in there sometimes. Stephanie says no. Stephanie, go ahead and give me your rebuttal. Uh, well, I mean, I just I like going as the last reservation you can get. Um, I just feel like well for one thing i feel like the entire galaxy's edge needs to be experienced at night as well as during the day um it just looks it looks completely different at night you have some different types of photo ops you know the millennium falcon really just like glows at night and you know you can get your lightsabers out and do some amazing pictures so i think the whole ambiance of the whole entire land at night is great as well. Um, I just like, I like feeling like I'm not rushed and that I've seen everything else. And then I can just sit and have a really odd, strange drink that makes my mouth numb. Um, <laughs> anyway, I mean, who doesn't want that, <laughs> right? All right. Well, and- let's move closer to wrapping this up and talk about the other restaurants there. Oga's is kind of like an attraction to itself, but where else can you eat there in Star Wars land? Stephanie Charity, I'm not sure who wants to talk about that. So I feel like one of the main um, quick service options is um, uh, Launch Bay 7. (laughs) Is that the correct terminology? I don't want to mess up, guys. I feel a lot of pressure. Um, Launch Bay. um, Docking Bay. Docking Bay. Thank you. I was close. I was with the lunch launch. Anyway. Um, so honestly, there's some really freaky Star Wars type of options there that I really like. Um, it's just, it, it fits 
the entire land. Um, there's some weird hummus stuff and like um, a vegetarian meatball situation, but it's all good. I like all of it. Um, so I definitely say if you're a Star Wars fan, go there, check it out um, because it's fabulous. I love it. But it is. Let me let me preface this and say it is unique. All right. And Any other place? Any other place we need well, to talk about? Of course. So you you've got to go get the uh, blue or the green milk, which just full disclaimer, I haven't had. Who's had that? Okay, and you thought the blue was good. The green was not for me. It was, it was <laughs> sweet milk. Yeah. Well, it, it is non-dairy though. So for someone who's not a milk drinker, um, that it was, it was nice to get to have that and, you know, and, and not have any issues from it. Yeah, the, so, the blue is like dragon fruit i think coconut and dragon fruit and then the green is more of citrus maybe and i thought they were both drinkable i mean neither one of them would i write home about well they they made those to compete with butterbeer basically just to have their own version of butterbeer and i just they didn't need to do that you you didn't have to make (laughs) blue milk the stand is cooler than the drink I feel like I feel like they did have to do it, you know, because that is that is the one thing that everybody knows. Like if you say what is a food or drink from Star Wars, everybody's going to say the blue milk because they don't have a lot of other foods or drinks that, you know, you would really think of or associate with it. Um, I think. Maybe the, one of the reasons why I like it and maybe the rest of you don't is I'm not a milk drinker. So when you hear blue milk, you're thinking, you know, perhaps like, oh, when I was in school, I would have strawberry. It was pink milk and it tasted like milk that just had some flavoring to it. Well, they went completely out in left field with this and it doesn't taste at all like you know, what milk tastes like. And I, I think if you go in thinking this is blue milk, like it's flavored regular milk, then it's not going to taste right. But if you go in thinking this is the planet of Batu and they don't have cows, maybe that would give you a little bit more of an open mind to it. All right, let's get to the, oh, wait, Randy's got to come. So if let's just say someone is the Star Wars fan, like this is why they're going to the park that day. They don't care if they don't ride Slinky Dog. Like this is this is what they want to do. And let's assume they do get on Rise of the Resistance. How long does that fan need? Is this in in four hours they've pretty much done the whole land or is it a whole day? No. If, if you're really into it, you could spend the entire day and not get bored. Is it a multi-day park? Like, like a, a part of the park? It seems to me like it would be, you know, you, you would have run out of stuff to do in an entire day. Is that fair to say? I think, I think we have to go, we have to take this in different, because like most of us are not Star Wars nerds. 
Charity is. So charity is the one that has to answer this question. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say right now, because you do have more of a weight to get into things. So there is a capacity limit for each of the merchandise shops. Um, you know, if you want to go into a market, there's a capacity for the market. You can really only have one party in each of the shops. Um, that has added on time. But I think you can easily spend a half a day there if you are going in looking to get the full experience. If you are a super Star Wars fan, um, you know, the intention is that you will spend, you know, a day or more in that part of the park. Um, I think I think for us, we can easily spend four hours in there. Um, but I, I think it's, you know, it, it is kind of the same way as if you're looking at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Are you a super Harry Potter fan? If you are, then sure, you could spend a whole entire day there doing nothing but, okay, let's take our picture next to this. Oh, my gosh, did you see that? Let's take our picture like, next to that. Let's stand here and watch the blue milk bubble for 15 minutes because it's just amazing. But I guess um, that's my point is that the, the Harry Potter, it seems like it has, you know, at least double the rides, at least double the square footage. It just seems far more immersive. And because, you know, they started smaller and built on, like it wasn't done overnight. Mm -hmm. But it seems like the Harry Potter thing is is much larger than Star Wars. And that's a great segue to our next point. They are going to be adding on. We've, there's one more restaurant that we didn't really talk about, and that's Ronto Roasters. It's a restaurant. Uh, but they're adding on to the Star Wars area. And so what's coming next? Who wants to talk about just real quick, what's the latest news on what's coming next? Is that Charity or Mark? Who's that? Mark, go ahead. The next thing that's a for sure is the Galactic Star Cruiser which is a, a small hotel, I think about 100 rooms or cabins. Um, and it's going to be around a two-night stay, but it's a complete immersion into um, the Star Wars universe. Um, I, I've heard it talked about as getting on a cruise ship where you are, you are there, you are on the boat, you're on the, the Star Cruiser, you don't leave the bubble of Star Wars the entire two days or two nights that you're there. Um, so, like, your room is a cabin um, on a ship, on a Star Cruiser. Uh, when you go to Black Spire Outpost, you don't just walk through the gate. You take a shuttle from the hotel inside of the theming. You're transported to Black Spire Outpost. You never see any backstage area. You never see any... Um, uh, cast member facing areas you're always inside of that bubble um, interacting with characters that are going about their daily business is the way i understand it to be um, and it it is going to be very expensive it is going to be very hard to get a reservation um, but it is going to be completely immersive and you know i don't know if i'll ever get to do it but i would definitely want to um, but that's the that's a definite going to happen. Does anyone have anything that I missed on on that? No, I, I think um, I think that's a a really good summary on it. I I think just one thing that um, 
I thought was really awesome is that when you are on the galactic cruiser, like you will not see outside as normal outside. When you look outside a window, it is space. Um, so, you know, as much as we've talked about space 220 and how cool that's going to be that you can look out these windows and it's space, that's going to be what you're immersed in the whole time you're there. Um, uh, they've put out some patents, uh, patent requests for, you know, extra new lightsaber technology. Um, and this is, you know, things that they plan on having there in the Star Cruiser, like a whole training area for you to train with the lightsabers. So it, it'll be interesting to see, you know, how much of it actually comes into fruition. But I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be great. Yeah. and getting involved into it and playing, uh, becoming a role or a, a character in it. They, they encourage costumes. Um, they encourage you to interact. And that they have already set a lot of that up at Blackspire Outpost. If you talk to any of the cast members there, every single cast member has a story. Every single person, you know, has, has answers to questions about everything around them, their shops, the names of the creatures in the creature stall uh, store, what planet they're from, all that has been spelled out. This is going to be a continuation of that. Um, but that's the only definite right now. Um, there's been talk of a sit-down restaurant. Who knows at this current position that we're in, whether that's going to be a go or a pause. Um, there, Charity, you're talking about patents. Um, there's some patents out there for a TIE Fighter X-Wing roller coaster style ride um, where you're in a sort of a dogfight. Um, multiple roller coaster tracks. I've read those those patents. Um, so there's a lot out there. If it'll ever happen, you know who knows. But they definitely have as much in the notebook as as has been taken out of the notebook and built. All right, we need to wrap this up. There's one experience we haven't talked about at all that definitely needs to be talked about for those of you who have younger kids that are going to. Disney World and DHS, there's the Jedi Training Academy, which happens uh, multiple times during the day, but it's not happening right now. Hopefully it'll come back, but it is a, it's an actual show where your kids can sign up and have a lightsaber fight with Darth Saber, Darth Saber, Darth Vader. I'm sure that that'll come back once that, uh, once that the COVID restrictions are gone. Randy? I just want to say how awesome would it be to have an entire theme park that was nothing but space themed that had all space rides, maybe, maybe like all the star Wars rides and all the space rides at Disney all in one park. I think I, I would vote for that to be the best park ever made is, is what I would suggest. Yeah. I think it would be top five, probably fifth. I think it would be really awesome. <laughs> I think I think Randy is trying to tip his hand on something that will be coming your way here in a couple of weeks uh, as our WDW for Family Draft show should be coming out soon. Anyways, anyone have a last point they want to make about Star Wars land? Charity? Yeah, I, um, you know, Mark, uh, Mark mentioned it a little bit with the upcoming, but costumes are encouraged. Um, and I, I think, I think this is one of those things that, you know, if you're planning to go, you'll want to know ahead. Um, there is 
you know, just like there's Disney bounding, there is Batu bounding. And so that's when you're dressing like a character that could be in the Batu planet or the Star Wars galaxy. Um, but they just want to make sure that you're following those costume guidelines that they have set out. So adults cannot dress like a specific character. So, for example, you know, I, I couldn't go and dress like an adult Ray specifically. You can't, um, you know, Todd, you couldn't walk in and dress like Darth Saber. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there there are still costume guidelines. They, they can't have um, a guest being mistaken for one of the, you know, like the face characters or you can't dress up as Chewbacca, for example. But um, within that, they do really highly encourage you doing this whole bounding approach. So dressing up like you are part of that world and, you know, getting to experience it full, kind of like in the same way, um, you know, with the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, everybody can go in in robes, but they don't, you know, they don't have... Um, people that are specifically looking like one of the characters that you would be meeting. They just want you to be able to get dressed up and enjoy the experience more. Um, so that, that is something that's encouraged even now uh, without the extra um, hotel open. All right. This has been a long podcast. You guys were ready to talk about star Wars. So, all right. Well, I hope that helped you in your planning of a trip. And if you do want to plan a Disney trip that includes a lot of Star Wars stuff, we have a couple of people who'd love to talk to you and Charity and Stephanie. So you could call them. Uh, anyways, great show, guys. I enjoyed talking about Star Wars land. So uh, we'll take it away. Anybody have any last comments? No, you're never too old to wish upon a star. <laughs>